Welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast, broadcasting to you live from EmoSocialClub.tv. I am Brian. And I'm Lizzie. This is the club. This is the community. This is the Emo Social Club. We are doing a great job of getting people on this podcast for interviews that you will love and treat like they were part of your own community. And on this episode, we got... Our new friend, Leah, of Leah. <laughs> yes. Of being Leah. Uh, Leah is a, a, a really fun, cool artist. And I don't know. It's, it's just like really fun. And like this episode just feels like we're just talking to like one of our friends. And it was really cool to just to have somebody on who like definitely has cultivated her own community. And like we just feel like, yeah, we're just the vibes are right. Yeah, everyone's just in like the same same boat and we have just like a good chill conversation. We talk about Mario. A lot of Mario content. We moved on from Kingdom Hearts. So we're just going to keep it on with this theme. Much like Kingdom Hearts, we are going from franchise to franchise and we are defeating evil. But we're doing it in the most annoying way possible. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> here's the thing. And each one, either Brian or I will hate something so vehemently from whatever it is. And then go into why. <laughs> Listen to the rest of the episode to find out who we allow slander of. Yeah. Before we get into the slander, we have an announcement. If you didn't already see it. Big fucking news. Big fucking news. We are the number one music podcast to win third place in Chicago <laughs> Readers Best of Chicago. Uh, we are the number three best music podcast in the Chicago Reader of this month uh, for 2022. And we are very stoked and very happy that we were uh, nominated in the running at all, even part of it. Um, it's very cool. Very awesome. It's, it's just kind of crazy because we submitted this is the first year we ever submitted because I saw it finally come out and I said, Brian, I'm going to submit this. He's like, OK. Um, and we got top five for nominations, which is wild to me because that, you know, you never know how many people submitted, but it's all Chicagoland and that, that can be a lot of people with a lot of music. A lot of motherfuckers with podcasts out there. A lot of people (laughs) think that they can podcast, but they're not podcasters. First rule. We are a couple of them. (laughs) But here we are. Number three. Number one in number three. 2022. We're the only one in number three. Can't take that away from us. And I think just to draw comparison, the winner was James Van Ostel, who used to be on Q101, which is our alt rock station here in Chicago. And um, to be nominated, to be on here under the uh, one of the biggest broadcasters and like DJ talents is amazing. And then also sound opinions. If you listen to NPR a handful of years ago, you probably recognize that name. They uh, were let go of NPR basically a few years ago and some layoffs. <laughs> But they kept it going. So I think it's absolutely fucking wild and crazy that us, a couple of us, is our number three with these like very, very like well-known and accomplished like interviewers. Yeah. Uh, Jim Derogatis is a name I've known since I was in like 
high school. Like these are names like that have just really impacted both of us, I think, for the longest time. And so uh, it's really just great to be like up there with people whose names are really associated with Chicago. And uh, I can't wait for 2023 nominations to come out so I can just crush all of them. And I will take <laughs> over this fucking city and you will never stop me. I will own all the podcasts. Brian was called the king of emo. And I our am the emo chats, king of Chicago. It's, it's gotten to his head. It has build, went to his little pea brain. I will build <laughs> my throne on the remains of your podcasts. I thought you were going to say of the bean, but okay. No. <laughs> I'll flip the bean over and I'll sit on it. <laughs> no. Uh, well, yeah, we are. Oh we're very God. stoked to be on that list. And uh, thank you, Chicago Reader. Thank you, James Van Ossel. Thanks, Sound Opinions. Just an absolute treat. Uh, and thank you to everybody out there in our community who went and voted and took the time to do that. Uh, it always is one of those things where it's like you don't really know what you're going to do and then you see how many people actually will vote and and help you out on the other side of that and uh, it just feels really nice that we've been able to do something so cool here in in our city and here with all of our friends um, you're the best if you also think we are the best you can rate us five stars best. on let me do the fucking transition. You have yours Why? all day. Let me do mine. <laughs> you got all day to transition your shit. Let me get one. You got a few earlier. Muting you. <laughs> if you also believe that we are the best, you can rate us five stars on your podcast app of choice, whether that's Apple, where you can also leave a nice comment on Spotify, on the radio, you can yell at your car radio <laughs> and tell them, yeah, I love you, my social club. And they're so going to be like, who the fuck is that? And they're yeah. going to be like, they're the number three. They're the number one best podcast. Like they are the third. number Hello? one best third place winning podcast in the city of Chicago. We're really dedicated to the, this bit. Our friend Daphne actually uh, tweeted out, like, oh, I want that on a shirt. I'm listening to. I'd rather be <laughs> listening to the club. number three <laughs> Chicago music podcast, the Emo Social Club. And then Chicago Reader retweeted it. So I think that they endorse us in that way. If Thank you, you also endorse us and you want that t-shirt, you should go and uh, follow us on social media at Emo Social Club on Instagram at X Emo Social Club X on Twitter and on TikTok. And you can also check out our YouTube channel, Emo Social Club over on YouTube. We got some uh, some additional content over there. We have the video version of all of these interviews. Uh, you can just you know, see us and see what we do and see what we are about and challenge us to a one-on-one -on -one duel in the streets. Like oh, I'm wow. going to do to James Van Ostel for 2023 <laughs> Chicago reader, <laughs> best music podcast. I will find you, sir. <laughs> Fun fact. Next year's is actually going to be everybody just squaring up who yep. ends up in the, in the nomination round. And it's going to just be like, um, you know, hey, you fight, you win, you go on to the next one. Chicago Reader's Best of 2023, determined by nomination and trial by combat. Yeah, it'll work. I'm going to win. It'll work. I'm going to bring so many weapons. Crime All fan. right, Purge. Fan of crime. Down. Fan of crime. <laughs> you don't get these memes. You don't get these memes. No, but Brian won't explain them to me. I will after I'm done recording. Uh, <laughs> anyway. 
let's go ahead and let's get into the episode. This is our new friend, Leah. Welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast, broadcasting to you live from EmoSocialClub.tv. I am Brian. And I'm Lizzie, and we're here this evening with our new bestie, Leah. And thanks so much for hanging out with us tonight, especially after your your run club, oh, as we were kind of yeah. discussing beforehand. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm excited to to be here. Yeah, I had a little disclaimer before we started that I'm a little sun-kissed because I immediately like hopped on here after I ran. So <laughs> <laughs> look, we were saying too, like you're in LA. It's been raining in LA, so you know how we feel in Chicago uh you're originally from new jersey right hell yeah yeah so it's not like you're not used to just having like gray skies for months at a time but yeah it was very common in jersey i don't think i realized it until like every time i come back it's there's always a couple days that it's raining and i'm like jersey it doesn't rain a lot and then i you know you come back and i'm like oh it really does (laughs) it's anywhere besides la but uh now i think it's worth to like get out there run you know enjoy the summer uh, well, yeah exactly and we're saying like it was sunny today and here we are um inside, inside on the internet <laughs> <laughs> enjoying the weather <laughs> enjoying the weather the beautiful weather here on our computers um but uh why don't you let the people know a little bit about you who you are what you do um we can also promote the new ep that just came out too so uh so so tell us about yourself yeah, well, yeah, my name is Leah. I uh, started doing music full-time in 2016. I say full-time. It was a very huge part of my life, my whole life. But um, while I was in college, I was kind of taking the music thing a bit more seriously because I studied music in college, and I was in an acapella group that went viral. I was running the social media, kind of started, you know, I learned so much from that experience, from being a part of a group and running social media that like, honestly, I was, I was, now it's, this is common. And this is like the music culture to be chronically online and doing all of that all the time just to pop off. But I'm grateful because I've kind of been on social media since the beginning and have had that experience really early on. So I think that showed me like how many people could really, be impacted by music online and yeah I was doing like one song a year for a little bit moved out to LA in 2018 and put out my first EP in 20 I don't remember I think it was 2021 yeah wait I think I think so or maybe (laughs) it was 2020 yeah I think it was 2021 I lose track of time all the time so it was it was recently ish um but yeah, then I just recently put out in February my second EP, which is Happy Never Ending. Went from like a pop sound to more pop punk sound. And yeah, I'm here to stay. Um, emo, being emo has always been like a part of my life. I grew up listening to a ton of music. I feel like I was more influenced by, from other people. So the people I was hanging out with, my family, like I was getting influenced on jazz and some classics like classic rock and and rock and roll and whatnot but i feel like pop punk was something i accidentally stumbled on by myself and then yeah the rest is history i was like i really like this music it takes pop elements like techno from back 
in the day is now like morphed into some sort of hyper pop and you know we have like that alternative emo stuff that just kind of never gets old and it feels the most like me feels very natural i mean i tried to do pop for a while i really loved like the surf rock and california beach pop vibes but i don't know my voice doesn't really lend itself as well to pop as it does to rock and roll and, and pop punk. So I think that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> I feel like you if you had an acapella viral video moment, I feel like it's almost like the progression of like getting into pop punk that like makes sense in a way. I'm like, can you elaborate on that? <laughs> I'm curious <laughs> on your thoughts. Cause I feel I like, know. I mean, I was over in acapella. I can't sing well, for I shit, was. so I don't know. And I had a <laughs> lot of thoughts on this. <laughs> I did acapella See? in college, but I was in college what? like a full, like 10 years before you. Yeah, but what, what group? What school? Uh, we all know each other. <laughs> well, probably not, only because uh, I went to Monmouth, Illinois, which was... Uh, very small in the middle of the cornfields and we were this is gonna sound the most like dumbest thing i'm ever gonna say we got really tired of the rat race of the acapella groups that were school formed so we decided as a group of dudes to just break off and form our own little acapella group and we were out here doing our own thing we didn't follow any rules like they told us to we were singing songs that we wanted to sing and the way we wanted oh, to no. sing them <laughs> hope i made that sound way cooler than it actually was that i mean that sounds like very very not typical well kind of typical in the acapella communities because like what we call that is like you didn't make it into one group so you started another group because that that happened a lot in college i've seen it uh my school went from like i don't know like one to two acapella groups to i pretty sure there's seven now that's um so did you get bookings? but there's you know it's still cool i i encourage it i don't i no shade on on anybody because i don't know what I would have done if I didn't get into an acapella group. I probably would have been really lonely and sad. So <laughs> there's that. But, you know, that's cool. That's cool. Your story's cool. Yeah. I mean, it was it was very like we were tired of like having to do stuff we didn't want to do. And like play yeah. or, or my freshman year, we were like, we're going on a tour. You know, the year before they were they went to Scotland and they did like a few like performances in churches. And, and it's like, yeah, awesome. Like hope we're going to get a good trip. And they're like, we got it. We booked it. We're ready to go. We're going to Ohio. We're going to hit Dayton. <laughs> we're going to hit Tiffin, Ohio. Yeah. Like, where are these cities? Tiffin. Why are we going to Ohio? <laughs> you went to what Scotland. <laughs> they they okay. took all that money, Ryan. They were like, oh, yeah, like, we're out of money, not again. Sorry. You're going to Ohio. Let's hit go. Ohio. But I have a huge love in my heart for Tiffin, Ohio, though, because for some reason in my in this big world, I have found my way there multiple times to be part of this like pro music camp that is at Tiffin University. I'm friends with some of the staff there, so <laughs> I love them. Shout out to shout out to Brad. <laughs> but hey, that's great. It was just a very like, wow, I, I don't know what we're doing here, but we're just singing for Ohioans when we could be singing for scottish people like it's fine but then we're like we don't want to do this anymore we want to step away from that and we want to sing more contemporary songs we want to arrange our own stuff uh was that kind of like like were you doing more contemporary stuff in your group or i mean 
we, like the way we picked our songs was we sat in a room for the longest time was nine hours and we played every member brought in like three to four songs and we listened through all of them and had this like vote down process so most of the music was pretty like I mean, there was some top 40. There was a lot of like folk, rock, uh, indie pop was really big in our group. And then we narrowed it down to like a new set. And we'd have to like decide which songs of the new lists that we were like going through would fit with like half of our old set. Because we do half sets. Like we would bring a half set over, add half a set. And then, you know, that's how we would lose songs and add songs. So I don't know. It was cool. Like it was very very modern very like it was very pitch perfect but we were like <laughs> the like outcasts of like the school that all came together to like be in a group and like not rebel but like you know we didn't wear shoes like i don't know it was like a very hippie <laughs> hippie vibe well, was that your get is that like we we sing without shoes on yeah it's like barefoot and beautiful since 1999 was their like slogan hmm. <laughs> interesting <laughs> I, I love them. I mean, I still have, I have a, they're, they're called Twisted Measure, by the way. Shout out to my college acapella group, which I happen to always bring up because it's kind of like where it started, you know? Yeah. But, you know. Weird musical uh, <laughs> skills and also probably learning to be like a musician with other musicians too and like having a, mm. a group with you and how to, how to like play off of everybody's strengths and what they do. It's like, yeah, sometimes if you're a vocalist, you can't just show up with an instrument, you know? Like my instrument is here. I have it with me all the time. Yeah. And we would do a lot of screaming at parties and then go to rehearsal the next day and be like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> we should not do that. <laughs> That's college. Yep. We were, yeah. You have like dorm parties and you're like, oh man, I was, uh, I one time had people in my dorm room and I was playing My Chemical Romance and a dude just started crowd surfing in my bedroom. <laughs> That's iconic. It's like, why are we doing this? this is that's awesome. so that's so early two thousands teen movie bestie. Yeah, it was. It was very. That was the one time it happened though. It's like we could do that more. That should be cooler. <laughs> well, Brian, why don't we just do it at, at your your home now, your apartment? Doesn't have make it no, modern. No, it's lost its sheen. It's lost its sheen. You know, it's not as cool anymore. Um. But let's get into your your current music. So tell us about the the new EP, happily happy never ending. I keep wanting to say happy happily ever after, and it's not what it's called. Yes, that's like my favorite part is watching people get confused on the title because happy <laughs> never ending is not a phrase. Right. <laughs> um, I like was sitting in the studio with my producer who made the whole thing with me, Chase Coy. He was a. Uh, I don't. Do you guys know Chase Coy? He's an elder emo, and he was very big back in like 10 15 years ago brian probably would know more he does like the acoustic like very ballady sad music probably then probably yeah he had a song with colby calais oh yeah. that time remember colby calais I, I was a yeah. huge fan i i try to bring i bring him up to so many people and they're like i don't recall him but then i then some people are like i have all his cds so it just like depends <laughs> on i was more into like the acoustic stuff back like i mean no i liked it all but i was really into like the acoustic like sad sad stuff so mm -hmm. anyways i was sitting in the studio with chase and we were trying to figure out like how to fill the bridge at the time it was the bridge of the song now it's kellen quinn's verse which was better than anything we could have ever come up with um we were trying to fill it up with phrases and like 
I don't know, it, happy, never ending. Like we were trying to, you're talking through like the concept of the album, like what it's about. Um, and then Chase, I think just said like, what about happy, never ending? Cause we were like, happy, never after, happy ever after, never ending. And then put it together and it made happy, never ending, which I now have tattooed on my hand, which is fun. You can't see it, but it's like really fine, like writing, but it's, I don't know. I like it. I get, it's, it's like it enough to get it on my hand. Um, but yeah, I mean, that EP was just, I just started making more rockish pop punk music. Uh, got in a couple sessions with, I don't know if you know, Mike Grubbs. Uh, he was on One Tree Hill and he did like all the little musical stuff on there. And he wrote two of my songs on the EP with me. So that was really cool. Um, but yeah, and then... I filled in some gaps with some other songs. Like, I guess I like you anyway. Just kind of like wrote that in the car, like the whole <laughs> thing. And then I was like, I like this. Here you go. And now it's a lot of people say it's their favorite off the EP. So it's just really cool to see what I can create when I literally don't try anything. And I'm just like, <laughs> here's a song. <laughs> um, yeah. And then uh, I wanted a feature on FTS. Had a couple artists that um, it was going to go to and never worked out and so i put it on my instagram story and i was just like hey anyone want to feature on this song and then bimo rouge who at the time was a mutual of me and this guy katie badlung who also did a song with kellen which is how i became friends with him and bimo did a song with kellen and he tried out that verse and i was like i'm not gonna try anyone else out on this like you crushed it let's just do it it sounds perfect um yeah and then after that I asked Callan to be on a song, submitted it to him. He liked it, put his verse on it, and kind of how the song, the album EP came about. I feel like at this point, like, it's not the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. It's the six degrees of Kellen Quinn with how many people have, like, collaborated with him yes. and then been like, oh, no, I know him. He's, like, my best scene. It's like, yo, what? <laughs> Yes, he's so, he's so like, uh, I don't want to say talkative, but he's just so like involved. He's so, and I mean, he's still like touring with Sleeping With Sirens. Like they literally just, they were on tour while the the EP release. So that was like, uh, I was posting stuff and he was sharing it, but I'm like, dude, you're on tour. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> um, so that was really cool. Cause it's like, he's still, you know, being involved, but I say this like every interview I do and, you know, Kellen's created this community and we are all like low key friends now because of him so that's fucking awesome like I, I love that that came out of that yeah, he 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 strikes me as the type of person who is like this is something i really care about and i want to work with as many people as possible and like keep this community and this world together and going and like damn like good on you man like in a lot of ways like an artist like him could just be an island and just be like yeah i'm just gonna take my money and, and move on and just like say I'm good. But he's like, no, I want to stay involved. And I'm like, damn. No. Yeah. A lot of artists are doing that now, like, or previous, I mean, I know he's still very active in his band, but I've the amount of artists that are either coming back for this resurgence or just like getting involved with myself or like, you know, younger or, you know, emos that are starting out in the scene like they people are becoming very active like some of my idols i'm like okay welcome back thanks for fucking looking at me and listening to my shit that's crazy yeah. <laughs> thanks for acknowledging me what the hell is this yeah <laughs> like 
I think it's also interesting because I remember I saw a TikTok and it was somebody, I guess it's like um, they have an app for the service where you can like book an artist to like listen to your music and like feature and like submit a feature for them to be on. And I think Helen Quinn was like probably like the most like, like reasonably priced. And I think that's also like a very inclusive way because they're showing other people who listen, I get it. Like you have one hit on, on Sirius XM Octane, go off sis. But like. The, how much you're charging, I don't know if that's a cost equivalent. <laughs> I feel like he's making it way more accessible for people to, like, actually work with him, which I think is really big. Yeah, he definitely. I, I honestly, at the time, so that website went MIA, and I don't know what happened to it. And there's no info on it yet, so I don't want to spread rumors. Um, but Kellen was taking submissions via emails uh, after that happened. But I got it. I got it on the website deal. But anyway, <laughs> um, he yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened to that. Um, but yeah, it, it is a really cool way to get artists involved. I love the, the concept. I love the idea. It's like you're on there for a reason to collaborate. Um, so that was really cool. I would just do a cameo now and just be like, hey, I just need you to say this. Like, don't worry about it. You know, just say this. And then it's like, just put it into the, the, the song. <laughs> it's like oh. featuring. It's an idea. <laughs> I never thought about that. That's kind of cool. I think there's like, there's some legality stuff that goes I mean, in there. I feel. I'm not going to read the fine prints, you know, we'll find out later. Yeah. Brian doesn't know how to read. So I choose, okay. I choose to read <laughs> when I want to. And I'm like, oh man, my bad. Didn't read that. Oh no. <laughs> I'll delete it. Yikes. Um, but like uh, the band Bill Murray has a feature of Caleb from Beartooth because uh, the two band, for those who don't know, both of them used to be in Attack Attack and they did a song that was like Attack Attack referencing and the feature is just Caleb Shomo saying, hello, this is Caleb. This is my feature. Thanks. And that's the how the song ends. <laughs> doesn't actually sing anything, just says this is my feature and I'm like, that kind of counts. You could do a cameo with that. Just plug it as a tag at the end. Do some DJ tags in there, you know? Oh, no. <laughs> Just DJ Khaled thrown in there. Okay. All right. I would... uh, maybe not. That's a lawsuit <laughs> waiting to happen. He's very litigious, but I would try it. <laughs> so, also, you were interviewed recently by Nick Major for Adobe, which is obviously that's a really big interview with somebody. Um, but during that, you'd also kind of circling back, you mentioned that you're a really big secondhand serenade fan. And obviously you were into that, like more acoustic emo. So I'm also assuming you were potentially into like never shot, never. Oh yeah. I, I know okay. every, every single never shot, never song up until a certain point. And then it started getting a little funky, uh, the music <laughs> yeah. that he was making, but yeah, big never shot, never fan all in the same realm, you know, like. All those artists there was a lot of like myspace bands and i say it with quotes because i had never had a myspace so i didn't discover them on there but i just like feel like they were really popping off on there and they're just they're all like acoustic they have a little bit of like quirky little pop you know like melodies in the background but they're pretty much pop punk but they're you google their names and like they don't they don't do music anymore they're either invisible they're just not online anywhere 
or they're very very low-key under the radar and i like i name those bands all the time and i'm like oh i was so inspired by like letters and lights select start etc and people are like who <laughs> um so it's like that realm of artists obviously like secondhand serenade was one of the bigger ones in that and never shot never in that like pool i remember the myspace days and that makes me feel very old <laughs> I also think too though that like those were a lot of like Tumblr bands because I know I found out a little bit more about like those under more quote unquote underground like acoustic acts during Tumblr rather than my I was on MySpace for maybe like a few months before mm. Facebook became big. Mm, gotcha. Yeah, Tumblr was definitely I, I found a lot of I yeah, I found a lot of music through Tumblr. My old Tumblr username, which I, I think I changed it like a couple years ago, but uh i think it was i'm a sucker for that feeling because it was a rocket to the moon um mm -hmm. reference and i had that song as like my profile song i guess tumblr was more my time because like i said i'm only 27 i was around when myspace was a thing i was just wasn't allowed to have it it was so good those are the those are the golden days of the internet i feel like i missed out on a lot it was so good I, look it was fine there was a lot of those bands like for well i even put out like a bedroom pop like couple songs they were terrible they're just awful but it's like just put it out Brian, of my space do you have them saved i know i kind of want to hear it like <laughs> i want to know link. now what's your lo-fi bedroom pop by it's not lo-fi it's just trash it's trash quality <laughs> i need to know what this sounds like uh no we're fine but it, it was just sort of like mm. that thing where like you had GarageBand on your laptop and then you just went onto myspace.com and uploaded the thing that you just recorded. And uh, a lot of the time, the quality wasn't very good, me, case in point, but it it was there and people could listen to it. And it was very, um, I'd say like, there's a lot of authenticity to the experience of just like, you're a kid in the suburbs who's like writing music and like, you know what? I'm just gonna post this and some kids like William Beckett of the Academy has just popped off and got a lot of attention after it. And it works out for some people. That's why I'm like, this is so much better than being discovered on any other website. <laughs> Too nostalgic. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's oh, okay. I I, it. I'm 28. So I was on the Tumblr, the Tumblr girly vibe. So I get it. Yeah, same experience, same same time. <laughs> didn't do it. Couldn't get into Tumblr at all. Was it because you didn't become Tumblr famous? I did have this like sense of like, no, I'm gonna be MySpace famous. Like that's gonna be my thing. And I never was, so we're not chalking that up as anything. I was very, very unknown. Uh but it's like, yeah, I'm just gonna stick to that and then it just completely died out. I'm like, well, that was it. That was my opportunity. That was my only time. So we're out now. I'm just going to give up. <laughs> I feel like Tumblr was just a way for me to like express my feelings. And it was kind of public, but like, not. I didn't really, I had friends I met on Tumblr. I still, I have a friend that I'm like, I, I don't want to say we're close, but we still like check in with each other. And we literally just met because I was going through this situation with this boy and she was going through a situation with this boy and we would just vent to each other on tumblr like publicly like everyone could literally see our problems mm -hmm. and then we we've stayed friends ever since then we've never met in real life i feel like it'll happen it's gonna happen one day 
been like over 10 years but i definitely think that yeah it's 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 cool for that i got i got a lot of my feelings out through there there was like one time funny story that my crush in high school at the time who i did date um found my tumblr and i wrote like so many things about him on there and i'm sitting in class with my little toshiba computer because like you know that that's when they started giving like it was i don't know it was like 2009 to 2013 was when i was in high school so they started getting us like you know little com janky computers and i see that like I guess I saw that he liked it or something. I don't know how I found out, but I remember sitting in my class and I just slammed the computer down to my friend and I'm like violently shaking and I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? He found everything. <laughs> and it's like such a minor like part of my life now. I'm just like this, this kid and I, we dated, then like he came out and now he has a great, like, I think he's engaged and he lives in Australia and we're friends now, but it's just like, it's so minor, but that was like the biggest thing that's ever happened to me at the time. And it was so scary and it was all cause of Tumblr and me being completely unfiltered publicly online, which people do now, but I've obviously learned my lesson now that the internet's gotten much bigger and I decide what I share and what I don't share. It's up to me now. <laughs> I feel like Tumblr, you could be anonymous for a really long time, but now there's like no way for you to actually be anonymous. So it's like, well, if I put this out, there's like a 95% chance this person's going to find it and like, yep. be like, oh, that's you. And it's like, uh oh, I'm in trouble. I still have my Tumblr and I don't think, I don't think like anyone knows what it is, but I still like, I still kind of, I, I feel like I now write on it thinking like, oh, if that person I wrote about finds it like that would be like cool I don't know but I still I still have some but they're more poetic they're more like it looks like I'm writing poems online versus like oh my god I just experienced this like RIP me you know so I don't know if anyone's ever gonna find it but I don't think yeah I don't think anyone knows it but I guess that's I don't really care it's like if you find it you find it you, know? <laughs> you find it you find it you put the two together then you're like oh yeah, I guess. This happened so many years ago. This is no longer relevant. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, all my music is super, like, exposing of my feelings. So it's like if you find my Tumblr that I still write on with exposing those same feelings in more of a poem form rather than, like, a lyrical form, like, so what? It's, you still know everything. <laughs> it's kind of the same idea. I think, like, I've always held, like, all the old posts, you know, from way back in the day. is like, oh, man, it's such, like, a a cringe teenager and it's like yeah i needed to do that to get to where i am today like yes it was practice fine to be cringe now we're just cringe adults yeah it's, it's yeah fine that's great it's a circle of life yeah i never stopped being cringe i'm just older now <laughs> <laughs> relatable i think it's always good though like when you explain other people like the levels of cringe like oh that's good cringe no that's bad cringe and then they're like, what do you mean? Why is it bad? Because you're like, all right, let's talk about the differences. <laughs> uh, speaking of potentially bad cringe, we haven't seen the Mario movie yet, oh. but let's go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> that was my transition into that. But Look at Brian. I know. I'm working it out. I'm like a real podcaster. Um, we haven't seen it yet. And so we're just going to rate it and give our review of it without any context or knowledge of the movie. But <laughs> since you are um, a Nintendo fan and have talked about this every time, do you have any thoughts on the Mario movie going into the weekend? Are you going to see it this weekend? Or are you going to wait? Or are you going to see it eventually? 
I'm going to see it just so I could say I see it as like a as like a Mario Nintendo fan. But I, I kind of got into like a little argument with someone about this the other day. Not like a real argument, like kind of just like a little debate about the purpose of this movie because it kind of ties into Nintendo World and the fact that Nintendo World, other than it being an incredible experience visually, like it truly was like an amazing visual experience. But along with that and then the previews I've seen for the movies is that they are making these things for children and I get it because, you know, that's how I discovered Nintendo. My older cousins, who were also kids at the time, showed me who was like six or seven. And that's how I fell in love with Nintendo. But I feel like Nintendo's audience is like our age, like our Gen Z millennials that have played it their whole lives. And so, you know, when I'm I like we all play, I don't know about you guys, but like I know so many people my age that play the Switch. Like I literally watch like middle-aged men on YouTube play the Switch for hours. <laughs> so I don't know why. It's just Damn. like they they love it so much, <laughs> and I love them. And it's just it's the coolest thing, and it gets me so excited. Um, so it's not like we sh- they shouldn't be like exposing Nintendo to younger like a younger audience. I definitely like I would I'll show anyone like my cousin's child and i play like an old super mario game on their like super nintendo system back at like their parents house and like that's cool because that's what they did to me you know so i can do it to their kid now and like we can play together and that's how we bond and that's how like he grows a love for nintendo but it's like the like i don't know super nintendo world was made for like toddlers that don't give a shit about it i feel like when i was there there were a ton of kids who didn't want to be there and it was just because their parents were there and they wanted to be there, but everyone's still trying to cater to the kids. That's how I feel like the movie is going to go, but I hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong. I also think they're just like, I love like modernizing things. Like I love putting it out there and making it hype and like blowing it up. Like that's the coolest thing. But I feel like, I guess part of me doesn't want super Nintendo or doesn't want like Mario, like the Mario franchise to be, extremely mainstream as well so my hot take no i think that's a fair take i agree with you i think there's like this sense of like people our age of like the nostalgia of it and like we want it to like follow us even though our tastes change and there's just no way that like it's not going to be that their major audience is kids who have the time to play video games all day and will buy the merch and will buy uh my my experience with pokemon has changed a lot over the years and i'm like man you just need to make like a a pokemon game focused to adults and then i think about it and i go that would sell two copies no one wants that no one wants that but then i look at like youtube like you said there's like youtube uh people in our age range that are like making plenty of money just playing pokemon and mario games and all this stuff on and like okay maybe it could happen uh but i don't know i I guess it is like just they know their audience is gonna be um small kids and not big adults (laughs) big adults like i'm not gonna fit on a lot of like kids amusement park rides so i'm like i don't want to go and then be like i can't like you know ride a ride no it's just not it's not fun it's not fun for us like those rides were not they weren't it they need some work also introducing like ai or like augmented reality and like Mm. virtual not ai but like virtual reality and like all that to a ride 
I guess at this early in time, it just didn't feel like up to date with what it could be in the future. Interesting. Yeah. That feels a little like you could build it or we've got this really neat app and you can just look at your phone and you'll see all this stuff. Like I'm at an amusement park. Just make the thing. Build it. That's just give me more immersed like. in it and yeah. call it a day. <laughs> That's exactly what it was like, which also disappointed me because I was really expecting like a motion, like even put like an IMAX movie in front of me. Cool. Do that. But like, don't have me put on these goggles that I could still see the real life out of. And then look at this tiny screen that is not even a screen. It's just a clear shield that sees real life and the things. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I own like two VR headsets and this felt like it should have been, I, I like my VR headsets at home are, would have done a better job in that experience than the Super Nintendo World experience. But I know they're working on it and, you know, no hate because I want to, I love, I love Nintendo. So I don't want to like hit <laughs> on them. <laughs> but you think that this movie is like to kind of promote the amusement park and vice versa? I think maybe, but maybe I'm just, maybe I just have no concept of what it actually is. And I'm making this up in my head, which is not unlike me, you know? So <laughs> I'll see, I'll see. And then I'll come back with like a better, th I just had an overall thought about how they are catering it just to kids. Whereas like the market's bigger than that, like the nostalgia market, I think. But yeah, I mean, again, no major hate. <laughs> I think if they try to remake, I don't know if you guys saw, but on the red carpet for the movie premiere over the weekend, um, Anya Taylor-Joy, who voices Peach, she actually wore like a pink jumpsuit. Like if they marketed that towards adults, I'd buy it. <laughs> I'd buy it. Do it IRL. Let's go. <laughs> uh, even like Halloween costumes, like make them like, I don't know. That's kind of cool. I didn't think of that. I like that. My 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 frustration my disappointment my like uh uh fear of it was kind of confirmed when there were articles about how seth rogan looks like he's not giving a shit about it while like people like jack black and chris pratt and charlie day are like kind of giving it a lot more and then chris or uh, seth rogan's just like yeah i don't know man i'm just in the movie it's like ooh, <laughs> i don't know I I want it to be good. I want it to be fun, but I also kind of feel the same way of like probably not for me. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe we'll have a different opinion once we all watch it. Yeah, and then we're gonna come right back here. All of you <laughs> have a full review. Yeah, all of you listening get the our entire full, thing. <laughs> full take on it. Full spoilers. Everything for everyone. Also, I have to quickly side note shout out. Uh, Un unsigned pop punk for raiding the twitch just now with all their uh people that were watching their stream so that was really cool i'm not sure i know there's still some in here right now but um yeah. thanks guys thank you for coming he has in. brought awesome. uh, some people to us before so it's like the same yes. sort of thing where we keep just like building the community up too so i love that yeah. i know i love that so much it's just like a bunch of cool people coming together and that makes my heart happy <laughs> We've like, and like we, we started this pre COVID, but like then during COVID, it obviously was like everybody's just on the internet. So it's like, here we are all joining each other in Twitch chats and, and coming to everybody's streams. And 
checking everybody out on the internet and now it's like cool we're out doing our own thing and yet we still find our ways like back to each other as a community i'm like see you we love that support support it's all bringing it back around now to get into the nitty-gritty of it all which mario character do you personally identify as (laughs) i mean i've always had like well i have Definitely oh, yeah. Yoshi, oh, I feel. Yeah. I feel like everyone Look has like a, a very dusty Yoshi that I haven't picked up in <laughs> like a year. Um, it's very, I feel like cliche to be, oh my gosh, this is really dusty. That's embarrassing. I just like don't move things and then they sit. Um, and how do you dust like a stuffed animal? Anyway. I, do you just like, yeah, just no like do this? <laughs> no, because then it wouldn't it like just spread and get dusty? He just had a, he just had a little bit of fuzzies but it's fine i love i don't know i feel like i i really love yoshi i feel like it's a really common one but there's just like how how could you say no to this face like (laughs) it's literally like he looks like a frog like whatever what is what is yoshi i forget he's a turtle a dinosaur like a turtle dinosaur yeah i mean i don't that i don't know that's right they lay eggs yes they they lay lay eggs eggs. uh and they throw them at enemies um no the the basics <laughs> yeah they are they they pop out of an egg they also eat enemies turn them into eggs and throw those eggs at other enemies damn but those eggs don't right. then hatch into a new yoshi a smaller version it's baby yoshi yes. very interesting yeah we should definitely send some researchers out into the wild to find out the reproductive habits the of the yoshis Lord. but for now, they just pop out of blocks and we get what we get. Uh, I always just think that they're all mythical creatures. I just, I keep forgetting that they actually, like, all of them represent Mario and Luigi are, in fact, human beings. Mm-hmm. Plumbers. <laughs> when did, to, what? Plumbers, to be exact. Listen, they're in the trade work. They're probably in yeah, the union. They were not them. in the union. <laughs> I, this is known from the. I watched a little bit of the cartoon, the old cartoon. It is a fever dream. It is just inappropriate if you've ever played a Mario game to go back and watch this. Just I don't know where the lore comes from. I don't know who wrote it, but it's there. They like go back in time and they're like experiencing the world from the dinosaur times. I don't know. I have no idea. I could not explain it to you. It's like the weirdest shit. Is that like a Yoshi cartoon or a Mario no, cartoon? It's a Mario and Luigi cartoon. And uh uh I remember Peach may have been there. Fever dream. I literally could not tell you what happened. You might have been present. Yeah, it's like the 70s. I don't know what they were doing. They were like, This game is popular. Make a cartoon, put it on Saturday mornings. The kids will love it. It's like this doesn't make I any mean, sense. I feel like that's the movie. That's what they're <laughs> that's doing. That's the movie. <laughs> <laughs> what if they just tap the people who did it before like hey you did this can you do it again <laughs> exactly make us another one make us another one uh, Lizzie you, so what, you gotta answer what Mario character you identify as now oh yeah oh I usually um I don't know when I play like Mario Kart I usually play as like uh, Daisy or Rosalina I fucking hate Birdo though with a passion. <laughs> what about Birdo upsets you so much? This sounds like it'd be a really interesting like therapy question. It's like, so what is it about the Birdo? How does Birdo that makes relate you upset? to you in 
your real life. No, just every there was just one time I played Mario Kart and Birdo and Birdo like absolutely demolished me. This had to be probably like 10 years ago. Never forgive her. She's just annoying <laughs> hater. She looks like a pick me girl. Yes. Damn. I'm like yeah. looking at this photo now and I'm like, you're trying a little too hard. I don't know. <laughs> like she's all over Yoshi too. She's like, Yoshi, pay attention to me. It's like, no, Birdo, shut the fuck up. <laughs> It's like, go away. Where did you come from? No one asked you to be here. Oh, God. This the worst, like, Birdo is female stereotype. Pikmin. Yeah. <laughs> this, is a, this is a Birdo hate stream. Wow. <laughs> this is, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of the same anger I have about Kingdom Hearts in your takes on Birdo. Oh. I'm very excited about this. <laughs> Birdo slander is heavily allowed in the chat. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Fuck, fucking Birdo. Anyway, Brian, who do you identify with? Waluigi. Fuck, I hate that. But I can't make Come sense. on, his little spider arms little, and legs. Yeah, you're both lanky. If Waluigi stands straight up, like because he in every picture he's always just kind of like yeah. hunched in and he's like curved in. If he stood straight up, he's like eight foot two. Like. <laughs> He's like the tallest that's, that's, human being of all spooky. time. That's yeah. spooky. I don't like that. But he like, just is constantly like hunched over. And I'm not... So are you someone's sleep paralysis demon is Waluigi's, what I'm hearing, Brian? Yes. It's kind of weird. Yes. A hundred percent. Waluigi is the best. He's just awful. He's a terrible character design. I love him so much. I always play as him in Mario Kart. Yeah, that's the one. Every time I, I I pull up a photo every time to get like the real like full experience of these uh descriptions. I mean I know what they look like. I just it's just part of the process. I'm like oh yeah I could see that. Yeah. My way of uh, so like the Birdo uh uh slander you're saying. My thing would be that if I played Mario Kart or Mario Party and I lost to one of the characters, I would immediately put on Smash Brothers. And I would just wallop the person that I lost to. Like, oh my god, bro! That right. sounds so personal. Yep, I made it a. Are personal you okay, Vesti? I said, okay, well, DK beat me. Let's get in a match. Let's get. Let's let's handle this on top of the castle. Let's turn off items. Let's just. Let's Wait, hash here's this the thing. Out. Does Waluigi have a theme song like DK? It's like no, DK. no, there is no DK Donkey. rap. See, he's not that cool. He's not. Waluigi's that cool. not even a playable character in Smash, so. You know? Oh, yeah. I never realized that. The community hmm. was in an uproar when he was not announced as a playable character in Smash. I joined in. I was part of that <laughs> uproar. <laughs> no. I had words. I was like, you're going to make every other Mario character playable in this. Birdo's not included, but nobody gives a shit. They're on your yeah, side, fuck Lizzie. Birdo. Yeah. <laughs> but they said, no, 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 Waluigi, we riot. And then we still all bought the game and played it. And. You know what the the best games, considering like Waluigi, is the Wario Inc. games. Yep, are incredible. And I also have a little bit of a problem with the newer ones because again, this is just like my whole theory of them like not giving a shit about adults playing their games and just basing it to children. Because like I will literally and it, you know okay I was a kid at the time maybe it felt like you know, an adult game, but it's no, I'll go back and play old Wario games or, or like watch streams of it. And it will be so like crude and raunchy and different. And then the new ones are so like, 
not censored, but they're just like, they're just cute. And they're not that challenging. I, I, I beat, like, I think I beat all the Wario ink games, but yeah, it's just, it's not the same anymore either. I'll still play them for the nostalgia factor of it. And I love, I love his like little franchise and like his business that he has going on and <laughs> all his little employees or whatever the hell. And, but I don't know, it's just not the same, but I do like those games. They've been my favorite. I feel like they've been kind of like pushed to the side and, and there's a really niche community that like still talks about them, but they're some of my favorite, you know, Super Mario franchise games. I think just like Nintendo needs to get on the level that Sega is because Sega literally came out with the murder mystery game that Sonic was murdered. So I really think that Nintendo needs to come out with the same energy. I need to play this game <laughs> so bad, but they just randomly were like, all right, we heard all your feedback about the Sonic games. So we killed him. And the game is just <laughs> Tails and Amy solving Sonic's murder. <laughs> it's like... It's like Luigi's Mansion, but Mario is actually dead. <laughs> Mario is actually a ghost. Is this where most of the Nintendo conversations you have go? <laughs> like this dark or <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's mostly just me raving about it. It sometimes turns into like well, that's not Nintendo, but I, I sometimes go into The Sims. I mean, I did play The Sims on nintendo system so i would go off onto that um that that could can get kind of dark sometimes because of where it's turned into but it's Fair. never i i mean I, I've, I've been really into the mario games most of my life i've played them but i recently got really into the zelda games like as an adult mm -hmm. I, I feel like zelda actually did a really good job with maybe that's where maybe that's where like the adult adult section lies is within the zelda games because all they're doing <laughs> is remaking their old games and it still feels like it still feels like nostalgic and and really good and cool um whereas the mario games do feel like they're turning more childish like yoshi's island for the switch i can't even get past that it is so boring but yoshi's <laughs> island for the ds was like one of the best games i've ever played mm -hmm. but yeah they usually they don't turn into i don't usually slander too much on nintendo <laughs> when i talk about it because i do <laughs> like i said i love like the the zelda the zelda franchise and just like everything about nintendo but you know it's, it got a little dark this time that's fine it happens i mean <laughs> it happens i'm not trying to go dark and say that uh waluigi is just an eight foot tall demon standing in your <laughs> in the corner of your room as you try to sleep he, he's basically the hat man when you take yeah. too much <laughs> robotism dm and you're like Ooh. oh my god <laughs> and then you're like uh oh he's come back to collect payment <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes you know we just end up there <laughs> no that's tom nook he's literally oh yeah tom nook he's in the corner like where's my bells <laughs> that's an adult <laughs> game you're literally in debt <laughs> that's and you why think you're having fun <laughs> that was like at a certain point a peak of covid of like okay we all understand that tom nook is a problematic landlord <laughs> we all just owe him money now everyone we came together <laughs> everyone who owned a nintendo switch owed tom nook money for a short period of time like for the most of the time do you ever not owe him money isn't that the whole point of the game no you can get to a place where you paid off <laughs> yeah but then him. like if you're like oh i'm paid off then he's like oh but do you want to upgrade your house yeah. right you're like cool well you know damn i think i do 
You want more rooms? <laughs> That'll cost you 300,000 bells. Uh, I'll see you in a minute. Oh my god. Beautiful game. Beautiful game. But what didn't cost you 300,000 bells, hopefully, is when you played your South by Southwest showcase with Smart Punk. <laughs> so how was that? Didn't cost me 300,000 bells, but it did cost a lot of money. <laughs> it's expensive to travel and mm -hmm. hire a band. <laughs> so it's still very relatable. Um, no, that was that was one of the coolest experiences ever. Um, I've never been... It, it was like... It was like a makeshift warp tour vibes, which was the whole point of putting it together. So it kind of felt like bringing like that punky community um, in Austin, Texas. So that was like, that was super fun. I did fly out there for the week during South by Southwest. Never been to a South by Southwest before. Probably, definitely would do it differently if I go again. I would go again to do more shows. I'd line up more shows for myself, but as like someone who came there by myself, and like wandered the streets of Austin, Texas, like every single day for like an entire week straight. I just like, I did get invited to some industry events, which were really cool. But at the same time, I was like, what the hell is going on? What am I doing? Um, and then I was just like, oh, there's a bar. Let me just go meet people. And then I would just be out all night. But it was really fun. Um, and then at the end of the week, it was the performances uh, during the Smart Punk showcase, which was super cool. It was like three stages, 60 bands, two days, tattoos, free tattoos, a lot of like drink sponsors. So there was like a lot of like tastings and whatnot. And I met a bunch of bands and befriended a handful of people. Um, yeah. So very cool experience. Never done anything like that before. Hope to do more things like that in the future. But that was a very very fun time do you have more shows coming up because i i guess i uh i realize like you don't do you have like a band that you play with like all the time or are you like like how do you how do you do it now it's uh it's something that i'm trying to change but as like a maybe like a adjustment thing right now i hire a band in what state i perform in it's been working pretty well i have like my session my like live ableton session set up pretty well and i usually just hire a drummer um and i've had to do that numerous times or if i'm like at emo nights i don't have to there's not usually any musicians um so it's just me and some tracks but yeah it's it i want to have a full-time band i want leah to be a band i've been kind of like saying that for over a year now um but i am moving to nashville in next month from la so my whole goal is to kind of put out feelers for like more of a permanent band whether that's one person or numerous people because once i no shows yet but working on some things when i tour i would like to have a band that like wants to write with me and be more consistent and like go on tours versus like okay i'll hire you for that which this might happen anyway but i'll hire you for this tour we'll do it and then maybe we'll never play again together you know i don't know but hopefully that's not the case but you know it happens even the bands that i've gotten to play with in like nashville and uh here in la and texas i would play with any of them again because they've all been incredible so it's it's always been a good experience a little little expensive um but you know it happens it's all part of the game and yeah that's i guess that's like the big the big news is kind of the move but i just want to be closer 
closer to home and then in like a good home base to when I go on the road, you know, so it's like LA there's, there's shows over here, but if you like, I, I noticed a lot of my friends that are touring are usually flying to the East coast, doing a run and then eventually making it back here. So I think it, maybe it'll be easier. I don't know. We'll see. I'm just guessing. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you get more like areas on the East coast that are easily like accessible via driving so mm -hmm. i feel like that's that's probably that that makes sense where in like california you have all of california and then you're like okay do we go to montana <laughs> yeah which i would like i would if that was like the route you know i'd make it work but yeah i've traveled the east coast just like by car and by plane numerous times because i went to school in north carolina and i'm from jersey so I would constantly make that drive multiple times a year. So I already feel comfortable with that and know uh, what that's about. And yeah, so, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it all comes together. I'm hoping my theories and, you know, anticipation for that. I don't know. I hope it's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I saw a meme the other day that was like, when bands are announcing their Midwest show, and it's like the scene from The Office where Oscar's just like, where? Where, Dwight? And I've noticed that a lot of bands are not really like hitting a lot of the Midwest right now. And I'm like, yeah, why are we so ignored? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, maybe is that like we're doing California, we're doing the East Coast, and then we're heading home, maybe to the other side. But they're like, yeah, we'll, each, yeah. we'll catch you later. Uh, so how do we how do we get you to play in the Midwest and specifically, obviously, Chicago? I don't want to drive that far. <laughs> I honestly, I know so many people, and actually, I feel like a lot of them have been from podcast. Like maybe maybe the Midwest is just creating a lot of podcasts, but I feel like a lot of them have just been. Uh, I met through like these types of of interviews and conversations and stuff, and I'm like, well, I feel like maybe there'd be. A turnout if i showed up i know some people want me to come that way but i mean i don't even know like how do i how do i get myself to perform in on the east coast like i it's, it's all it's all <laughs> up in the air right now but hopefully i do i've noticed that it has been a bit neglected when like my friends are you know showing their tour stops and i'm like where you know you, you see some states left out so i get it but yeah. it's kind of lame uh, it's like there's no way everybody is on Riot Fest this year. Like there's no way all of you guys. Like where are you? Come here. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the the All American Rejects tour is mentioned in the chat about how it's not even going to New York City. That's but, interesting. Yeah, and I, it's not coming through Chicago either. And I'm like, why is it that like even these like massive tours are like, mm -hmm. yeah, catch you later. <laughs> Just odd. I have no idea. I that's a great question. Iceman Ritter respond to the, I don't know. I was going to say Tyson, allegations. Tyson like, Ritter, <laughs> I'm going to send an email to you, and I'm yeah. going to say, hey, why? By the way, come on the pod. Thank you. Goodbye. Yeah. We're emailing Tyson right now. Um, while we do that, this is my shitty transition. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> um, before we, we wrap up the pod recording, we're going to hang out a little bit over on Twitch with everybody who came through. Uh, so if you guys got any questions in the chat, make sure to to get them ready and we'll we'll talk a little bit more over there. But before we do that, uh, I want to give you a chance to once again, like shout out the EP, 
where people can go listen to it, uh, what how how many times they should listen to it. It's 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 five songs, so you can just listen to it on repeat. Get those yeah. get those words get the learned. Streams in. Get those streams in. Um, and this is where everybody can find you on the internet and and follow you and reach out and tell you how much they like the EP. Yeah, yeah. Again, my name is Leah. Uh, if you're looking it up on streaming services, it's gonna be with spaces. So L space E space A. Pretty simple. And then on social media, it'll be LOL. It's Leah everywhere. Everywhere you literally go on the internet, that is my username. Has been since internet was a not internet was a thing, but since since uh, social media was a thing. Um, so feel free to check that out. I did just release Happy Never Ending in February of 2023. And yeah, the amount, you should stream that, the amount of times, up to you. Don't get tired of it, but I appreciate the streams, you know? It's uh, it's a fun listen through. I do it often. I uh, <laughs> Just to kind of reflect back on what I'm doing in my life. <laughs> and yeah yeah that's uh thank you guys for having me on the podcast yeah. i appreciate yeah. being a part of the emo social club now it's uh <laughs> yeah. yeah now that we're like building up this community with everybody and uh yeah make sure that you i was gonna say like you know burn out the cd but obviously it's streaming so you can't burn it out so burn <laughs> out your computer on streaming oh, the man. new ep happy never ending uh just just yeah i don't know I don't think burn out your computer is like a good one, but I'm going to go with it. And we're going to try to make that a new thing where you're just. Nobody actually burn out your full computer, though. That's on that's on you. We're not the liability. We here. Will not. Your speakers. Blow out your speakers. Yeah. Your speakers. yeah. yeah play it so loud that they like break, but then your neighbors get mad and then nobody. Everyone's enraged. <laughs> uh, go check it out. And while you're checking it out, this will be a podcast, too. So you can listen to us there. Um, but make sure. Yeah, you go follow Leah everywhere. I also like that you have the same username forever, and it's like always been there. I'm like, yeah. Really well, wish every I time a new, a new social media platform <laughs> pops up, like even if it doesn't pop off, I go on there and claim yeah. the username. Mm -hmm. Like when TikTok was Musically, and then it started to turn into TikTok, and not everyone was on it. There was actually somebody who had my username and i was devastated and then eventually i did ask them if they'd like to give it up but they i think they're they just got off the platform and then i claimed it which was like oh my goodness i don't know how i got that lucky but <laughs> you know <laughs> it has been the thing i don't lol it's leah just in social media it's not very clever it's kind of kind of basic but it's just been the thing so <laughs> it's simple it's easy to remember it gets people coming back yeah and it's got Thanks. your name in it. <laughs> so people are, I know who that artist is. And now, yeah. Uh, so make sure you're following. Make sure you're listening. Uh, we're going to go and chat with everybody in the chat on Twitch. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, Leah, thank you so much for being on the pod tonight. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for checking out this episode of the Emo Social Club podcast. Five stars for the number one, number three podcast in Chicago. Yeah, it actually says on our Spotify now it gives us our full rating, so go rate more of it. Hell yeah, dude. We are fully rated. We're fully rated five stars. Isn't fully that rated insane? Five stars. Give us five. That says that we are the number one of the number three and the number one in your hearts. Is the We're Herbie fully loaded. Is the numbers working? The, 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 are these numbers making sense to you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
we'll be back again next week with another episode of the Emo Social Club podcast. You can also follow us at emosocialclub.tv to know when we go live and we record these episodes. And not Isn't that the, crazy? Not the intro outro because you these are for us. They're barely for me. This is barely for me. <laughs> Uh, from all of us here at the Emo Social Club, uh, I'm Brian. And I'm Lizzie. Goodbye. Brian said no more tangents. So when he does Keep it cool, man. Start Friday. Those skaters. If you drive this one off the rails, okay. I'm going to end it. I'm just going to say, nope, that's it. <laughs> nope, that's it. Work with what you got. No, Brian. <laughs> You wanted to go no, to bed two really? hours ago. Why Shut did the you like conversation? Up. Well, yeah, Hush. but like I was like, oh yeah, and I'm like, Hush oh, it's still pretty early. Man. Like I'd be kind right. of a loser if I went to bed early. Damn, Daniel, back at it again with the outro.